Hey, thank you so much for tuning into Wove Inspiration. This is the Midweek Motivation. I'm your host, Althea Richardson. And as always, today's show is sponsored by Anchor.fm. So today's topics are going to be a little bit intense. And so if you have any little ones that are around, I highly suggest that you have them go into another room because this is going to be for mature audiences only. So the subject of today, subjects of today are about child sexual abuse and domestic violence. And my special guest today is Miss Janetta Bennett. She is the CEO of the of a makeup company called Imara Cosmetics. And or her story is wow. It is it is extraordinary in that she has overcome the obstacles of domestic violence and child sexual abuse but her story is one that is not uncommon for a lot of women who have experienced child sexual abuse and so uh, this is going to be a very sensitive topic but I really hope that the message is clear it is very possible to overcome those particular obstacles and I am a living witness to that as well so sit back and listen to this interview with Miss Janetta Bennett CEO of Imara Cosmetics on Wove Inspiration this is the Midweek Motivation Hi everybody Have you been struggling with the after effects of abuse? Are you lonely and wish you had someone unbiased to talk to? Do you need some advice? Are you finally feeling awakened from reality that once kept you silent? Author, mentor, and abuse survivor, Lori Benoit, has been helping other survivors move forward and rediscover themselves. To set up free private mentoring and follow her writings connect with laurie on facebook or twitter at once awakened Johnetta, thank you so much for being on the show today thank you for having me i really appreciate it oh you are so very welcome so tell the audience about yourself and what you do Okay, so I'm Johnetta Bennett, as she just stated. Um, about me, um, I was born in D.C., but raised in Houston. Um, and what I do is I have my own, I don't want to just say cosmetic brand, but that's what it's starting as, is, is the catalyst to what I'm going to branch out into. Um, it's Amara Cosmetics. Amara stands for Strength and Prosperity. Um, but what I do and what I'm continuing to do um, is I'm expanding into clothes and shoes and resume writing services uh, because I want to go back into the domestic violence shelters and not only help the women feel beautiful on the outside, but nurture them on the inside as well. Mm-hmm. Um and also, I'm just starting to become a mentor for young ladies as well. Um, 
you know, young teenage girls trying to help them with the things that I'm going, that I've gone through as a, as a teenager, mm-hmm. um, coming into young womanhood. And that's just an overview. And I want to do these things because I've been through them. Okay. 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 So when, when we talking about domestic violence, um, and for those, just as a uh, side note, for anyone that has young children around um, that may be sitting around with you, you may want to have them go into another room because, again, this, this particular subject matter is, is definitely for adults only because only, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things that have taken place in uh, this young woman's life. And so, um, yeah, I just want to make sure that is known. Um, so, Janetta, I know mm-hmm. I can definitely say that you are, I don't want to say you are an expert in, in, in situations that can basically take over your life or could have over, mm-hmm. overtaken your life. So let, let's just start from the beginning. Um, mm. And I'm just going based on your, your, uh, your bio. You said at the age of six years old, you mm-hmm. were sexually abused by a 14-year-old uh, son of your mother's best friend. What, what, what was going on at that time? What happened is my mom would go and visit her best friend on the weekends and she would take me and my older brother were seven years apart. Uh, He was 14 as well. So that was kind of like his best friend too. But my brother would go outside with the rest of the kids in the neighborhood and play. And this, uh, her son would stay in the room with me because my mom would make me go in the room while they were out front talking because you know, you don't want kids in adult conversation right right um so i would be in the room watching tv and he would come in there and he would start you know talking to me and playing with me showing me his comic books and then the next thing i know he was taking my hand and putting it in his pants and then one thing would lead to another and i i I never at that time, it started oral. It started with oral sex. I don't know if I can say that, but mm-hmm. it started. It started with oral sex. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. You know, he was just, and I'm just a blunt, real person. So okay. he would tell me to kiss it and uh, kiss his penis and things like that. And I didn't know at that age. You know, I felt like it was wrong, um, but at that same time, I felt like it was okay because this was a family quote unquote friend, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, and my mom was the type of person where she was very deeply religious and in the church. And she never talked to me or my brother about those things and how nobody's supposed to touch your body parts. And okay. it didn't matter who was, because that was like a taboo to talk about. Right. Um, and it, and it went on. It just continuously went on for years. Um, until for whatever reason, his mother and my mother stopped being friends. I don't know to this day why. Um, and we stopped going over there Hmm. and, 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 and I never spoke about it, um, until I became older, until I was like, uh, I was like in my late teens, early Mm twenties. And, and when we had the conversation with me, my mom and my brother, and I was like, 
I felt, and I had so much anger towards my brother because I told him, I said, I felt like you left me in there on purpose because you would leave all the time. And then you, it seemed like you knew exactly when to come back in mm, when okay. things were done. And my mom was like, why didn't you ever say anything? My brother was like, why didn't you ever say Because he threatened me. And then mm-hmm. as, and I looked at my mom, I said, as a mother, you didn't, we didn't have no communication, period. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't about Jesus, the Holy Spirit in the church doors, we didn't talk about it. Okay. So it was like, I couldn't talk to her about anything. And, um, that was very, I could see the hurt and pain in their eyes. And, and ironically, I didn't see or hear from that, from, from that boy until I was like my junior or senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And I happened to be working at Memorial City Mall at Chick-fil-A. I'll never forget it. And I was on break and I was walking through the mall and he happened to be working at Foot Action. Oh, wow. And he called my name and I looked and I was like, cause you know, I was so young. I was like, and when I looked at him, he was like, you don't remember me. And when he said his name, I was so disgusted. Like oh, wow. I started yelling and screaming and they thought I was crazy in the mall. Yeah. Um, and then I told my brother, and my brother was angry he wanted to confront him and it just led to a lifestyle of and i'm not ashamed to say it mm-hmm. and let me say this nobody should ever be ashamed to, to uh, ashamed or embarrassed of their past right period because that is what shaped and defined you and got you to where you are whether that's good or bad it mm-hmm. happened for a reason um, and it led to promiscuity in me because of that, there was a void. I felt like I had to feel if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The void of, okay, this person, um, at a young age, even himself being, uh, young took away the purity from mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And, and so now that, continuous thing is is what you're searching for because that was taken away from you right um, and it wasn't supposed to be so let let me ask you something as Mm -hmm. you were going through this at a young age and you said your mom was real religious and everything were there any signs or anything that your mom saw at all to be honest with you, and 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 I'm glad I'm at the point now to where me and her can discuss this. Yeah, there was no communication between us. Okay. Period. Okay. My mom was the type of mother that was in church, under the church, over the church, and worked. Um, she would come home and, like I said, if it wasn't about a revival mm-hmm. or church, she wouldn't talk about it. Or she would come home and open our room door and say hello and close our room door and that was it. So there was no room for any type of discussion. Okay. Um, and I found out because this weekend she just shared with me and my daughter that she didn't know how to love us because she was searching for love from her own mother, my grandmother. Mm, and my okay. grandmother was not a very loving person. Wow. So she didn't know how to, so it was like generational stuff. So no, yeah. she, she, she wasn't paying attention. Wow. 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 And that for whatever reason seems to be, um, not uncommon in the black community. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that you had mentioned is that you it was never you never told anyone until you were um, much older, and that is something that's it's definitely generational. I can even mm-hmm. I can say honestly, even even my family, and and we I talked about this with other uh, guests on the show that the whole thing has always been what goes on in this house stays in this house. Yeah. It it is not uncommon in the black community. And that is one thing that we have got to work on as it's almost like a taboo. Yes. It is. It's, it's not cool for your daughter to be feeling the way that she's feeling because someone has, somebody's uh, boyfriend or whatever the case is has been messing around with, with this little girl and she feels like she can't tell you because you're afraid. One, she's probably afraid because the guy is going to say something uh, is going to uh, try to hurt her or hurt the mom or the right. mom may, a lot of times they're in denial of this mm-hmm. whole thing. And so this, this has got, this has got to stop. For real. <laughs> you want to know the first question that she asked me when I told her when I got older and it kind of shocked me. Mm-hmm. She said, well, what did you do to oh make gosh. him have those desires towards you? Wow. And I said, excuse me? <laughs> like, really? Oh um, but it happens because we don't I don't know why is it such a taboo in the in the black community to talk mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I think it is? It's because we will be exposing those friends and family members yeah. that on the outside we've portrayed to look so perfect and like nothing's wrong, but behind closed doors is a totally different story. Of course, of course. And she has since apologized for all of that because also another thing is, she told me that her she was molested herself when she was younger. And you know what? I was going to ask you that. And and a lot of times what it is, is that if it's happened to them, then they themselves don't want to, to deal with the issue because they don't want to be reminded of what happened to them. And so right. that's the reason why. And I'm, I'm just going based on a guesstimation she kept herself busy in the Mm -hmm. church that was her way of not remembering anything just focus on god and i'm gonna keep myself busy in the church and i love the lord and 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 everything but without addressing the the root cause of why you're doing what you're doing is is as as it has for for you it continue on into your teenage years where you were uh with a lot of uh different people and i i can testify i was the same way it's a pattern that happens to Mm -hmm. somebody who is sexually abused at a very young age there's this consistency of wanting to feel that emptiness inside of them by any means necessary. So with with you, um, and and then before we even got on here, we had uh, uh, we talked about the similarities in in our situations in the past. Mm-hmm. That uh, you uh, were very promiscuous, um, mm-hmm. rebellious, and 
um, you also encountered a number of failed relationships. So tell the audience oh, about, <laughs> about, about that. And I'm just going to sit back and be oh, like, yep. God. yep. So, yep. <laughs> well, you know, with the, I call them situationships now. Yeah, yeah. It was a situation. Um, they failed once, once I sat back and looked at it, because as you stated, I kept trying to fill a void in me that could not be filled. Mm -hmm. And when you are molested or raped, you feel worthless. You feel like it was your fault. You don't feel good enough. It fills you with so many insecurities um, that when you get into a relationship, you don't recognize that a man is good to you because you are still holding on to what happened to you. I spent a lot of time wondering like, okay, well, why he being nice to me? Mm. Like, okay, well, what he finna do next? Well, something is about to happen. This is too good to be true. Yeah, yeah. Or I dated a lot of guys that, and I'm not ashamed to say it, that dogged me. Mm -hmm. And I allowed them to dog me because that's what I knew. Mm -hmm. If they weren't sexually uh, meeting my sexual craving, which, as I stated, couldn't be filled. Mm -hmm. If they weren't meeting that, then I just felt like, you know, they didn't care about me. Yeah. If they didn't want to have sex with me or touch me the way I was touched when I was younger, I felt like, you know, they didn't care about me. Um, I, I dated a lot of guys that were no good, it, which led to um, abusive relationships. Okay. Um, mentally, verbally, physically. I, and, and I had a thing for the, and I'm not ashamed to say, I had a thing for the dope dealers. Mm -hmm. And it, it seems like what, that's what I attracted mm -hmm. because that's how I felt about myself. Because you think about it, you date a guy in the streets, and this is why I want to, I'm mentoring the young girls, you date a guy in the streets, if you've been molested or don't have a self-esteem, you would think that they are, you know, the bee's knees, as they say, yeah. because they make you feel like you are absolutely important because they shower you with gifts. Mm -hmm. They make you feel protected um, when it's really jealousy and controlling. But you don't recognize that because of what you've been through. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? So when you're molested or raped, your mindset is just, you, you, you're not going to have a good relationship. Mm -hmm. Not until mm -hmm. you get set free from that. Yeah. A lot of the relationships that I was in, um, I called, I, I, I would compare them now to jokers. Um, yes. These are individuals that had, um, the good looks they had, you know, the the flesh. Yes. They had all of that. They they smell good, sound good, look good, and they wasn't no good down to None. the core. They treated you like once they got what they wanted, because that that's the key. They're gonna yes. do whatever it is to 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 get your attention, and 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 they're gonna shower you with gifts and all of this stuff that makes you feel good and. Ladies, exactly. it, the feeling good is you, you can't trust the feel good because the feel mm -hmm. good is going to always be deceiving for you. Um, mm -hmm. If they're not showing um, that they appreciate you for being just you, then and they and they're just constantly wanting the the cookie. 
is eyes. <laughs> right. You want the cookie more than you want to spend time with me, spend quality time with me, then there's a problem. But the, the pattern is always that if they treat you good and they're doing this and doing that, maybe it's maybe this is the one. Maybe. And so right. for you, um, as time went on, you you came across somebody that appeared to be uh somebody that was worthwhile maybe opening up to um so t- tell the audience about this person lord jesus so <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so let me say this he came from a very astute family out, out of new york okay okay um so number one first of all when we first started speaking to each other i didn't give him really the time of day for like four months literally i ignored his calls his texts everything but he was pursuing me mm-hmm. and i had never been pursued like that because i was always the one pursuing um so he pursued me and pursued me and the first couple of years everything was okay it was, of course, we had our little spats here and there, but what relationship doesn't? Right. But I started to notice a change in him. I started to notice that his routine changed. Mm-hmm. I started to notice that his, the way he touched me, the way he talked to me, the time we were spending, all of that got cut short. Mm-hmm. So they all, my aunties always told me, if you go looking for something, you don't find it. So I went looking through the phone. You know how we ladies do. I went looking and I found out because my gut intuition was telling me something was wrong. And I found out he was cheating. So me being the person that I am, of course, I called her and I let her know who I was. She was not rude or disrespectful at all. Okay. And when I mentioned it to him, when I brought it to his attention, that was the first time that I had experienced uh, physical abuse. Mm. Um, He slapped me literally across my face multiple times and drug me across uh, a hardwood floor um, behind something he got caught doing. Mm -hmm. And we even, we would go to church together. We would pray together. We would go to church with his dad, everything. And this whole time, they didn't know that their son was abusing me. Until I got to the point to where I told his dad and his dad was like, okay, well, I told you, which is true. His dad, I told you from the beginning how he was and he was no good, but you decided to go to, you know, go with him. His mom said, my son would never do anything like that. I didn't raise him like that. (laughs) What? (laughs) So the only way that she believed that he was physically abusing me mm-hmm. was that his sister witnessed it. And me and his sister were best friends. Okay. And she witnessed it when I was pregnant the first time. Okay. And he kicked me in my stomach. Oh and I wasn't just a little bit pregnant. I was like four or five months pregnant. She called the police on him. And that's when she told her mom. Um, And she was like, really? And she was like, this has been going on. He's been beating on her. And she just could not believe it. But of course, that was her son. He could still do no wrong. Mm. And of course, she said it had to be something that I did. 
And he told her that it wasn't anything that I did. Yes, he did it. He admitted to it. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> wow. Let, let me go back a little bit because something you said that um, was, was interesting. You said mm-hmm. that the father had said to you that, you know, he ain't no good. Was there any yes. signs that he wasn't any good even before <sighs> the dad saying it said anything about that? No, okay. there really wasn't because, and I told him, I said, you know, your dad told me you was no good, but see, I didn't really listen to his dad because him and his dad to this day really still don't get along. Okay. Um, and that's because they had their own personal issues. And I felt like his dad was just telling me that cause he had an issue with him. So, okay. and, and he didn't really care for his son. So that's why I didn't really listen to his dad. And there really were no signs in the beginning. He was like the pristine boyfriend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, you know, the flags were just not there for me. Yeah. And that's being honest. And sometimes there, there aren't any. But I know um, from, uh, from other women that have experienced, um, that I've talked to that experienced domestic violence, there's always some circumstance a situation that'll happen that triggers whatever that is that has been dormant all this time for it to come out. There's always a circumstance or situation that takes Mm -hmm. place. And the fact that you had discovered that he had been cheating and he got busted. And so so his, (laughs) his retaliation is okay. I'm finna whoop her tail because yes. she done found out about what I've been doing. I got busted. So now I got to find out some kind of way. I'm either going to shut her up or uh, something. I got to do something. And so mm-hmm. his way of dealing with the situation of guilt basically is, is, is abuse. And that's horrible. Mm-hmm. horrible. There was a time where he hit me so hard because he was trying to leave it and then he physically put me through the living room wall like through the wall Mm. um and it was so ironic because again at this point me and my mother weren't talking and i was living in atlanta and she was living in tampa bay and she would do what she called these holy ghost pop-ups because she would say that the holy spirit would tell her to pop up this particular weekend she popped up and i refused to let her in the house because i was pregnant then I refused to let her in my house because I did not want her to see the hole in the wall. He had just put me through. Okay. She forced her way in and saw her and my best friend and they saw the hole in my wall and they were just like, are you serious? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how long were you guys together? Even, even after all of that had taken Mm. place, how, how long were you guys together? 13 years. Okay. So for 13 years, you were in um, a relationship and did that whole time while y'all were together, was he still abusive or how, how, I mean. The relationship was off and on. Okay. Together, solid together. We was together solid for three years. Okay. And then we broke up and got back together. The abuse did not get bad until like I said when I discovered he was cheating and then from that point on it was just downhill from there 
Okay. It was downhill from there. That I lost pregnancies. Um, and then when I got pregnant with my daughter, I, I, you know, that's when I made up in my mind because even then, I didn't even know I was pregnant with her, literally. Um, I had no morning sickness. And, and I say that to this day that I feel like God made it that way for me to not know. Mm-hmm. Um, because even then, he told me I was pregnant. And he literally laid on top of me and mashed, put all his, now he's 6'5", almost 300 pounds, and I'm 5'6". Wow. And he mashed all his body weight on me. And he said, you're pregnant and I'm going to kill this baby. And I, at that point, I didn't even know I was pregnant. So wow. he ended up, he was living in Tampa Bay with me and my mom at that time. He got into it with my mom and my mom made him go back to Atlanta, made him leave. Okay. I started having very bad cramps. I went to the emergency room. The doctor walked in and said, oh, you're five weeks pregnant. I said, what? <laughs> Holy cow. Right. That's wow. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So when did you get to the point where you said, you know what, this is, this is too much. This is, I've had enough. I done been through too much. Something needs to change. I need to do something. So you would think that in the beginning of him leaving, I would have been like, okay, I've had enough. I am pregnant. Mm -hmm. He's been abusive. I've lost it. No. When you, they call it the battered woman syndrome. You can listen to everybody tell you to leave a situation alone. Mm -hmm. But unless you make it up mentally in your head that you're going to leave, you're not going to leave. And then now here it is. I'm pregnant again. Mm -hmm. This pregnancy is thriving. We've been together off and on for so many years. In my head, I said, I wanted my family to work. I want my family. And my mom was like, are you crazy? Yeah. What what family? So I went and I saw him again and I tried to make it work again and it did not work. At that point, that's when I got slapped again. And I was like, no, I'm not going to lose this baby. Mm-hmm. This one, I'm not. And that's when I had enough. And I left and came back home with my mom. And that's when me and my mom's relationship started to so we started to build one. Let me say, I'm not going to say rebuild because we never had one. And she'll tell you that herself. Mm-hmm. Um, we started to build a relationship because that's when we started forgiving each other. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so you, and then during that time you started uh, going back to church and you had yeah. given your life back to Christ. Tell me mm-hmm. about that experience because you know, having gone through as much as you have, it, it takes a lot to be like, you know what, I'm tired and I have to surrender this on to God. What was that experience on that day for you? That experience for me was, it was a hard one because like I said, when you grow up in the church and you hear everything the pastor's saying and see how your mom is living, holy and everything, you can always live off of somebody else's testimony, but it's never yours. Yeah. Um, so I, I went to, at the time, uh, Paula White, Pastor Paula White was at the church in Tampa uh, Without Walls. That was her church. Okay. And I went there and I was so depressed. And my mom would always tell me, you know, the baby can feel with you, you know, with, mm-hmm. with you feeling. And I never listened to her. <laughs> I was like, but then when you become into yourself and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm a mother, 
I, I don't want my child to go through what I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to stop running. I need to stop running from God. And, and I was angry at God at first mm-hmm. because I was like, how could you let all of this happen to me? Like, like I didn't, I didn't understand. Why would you let me get molested? And I went down to the altar. She had an altar call. As a matter of fact, Kelly Price was there that night singing. Oh, wow. And she called the altar call. Kelly Price did. And my mom tapped me on my shoulder. She was like, you need to go. Because I was bawling, crying. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to go up there just because it's Kelly Price. No. <laughs> so <laughs> I could go up there. Because I felt like that's why she was tapping me on my shoulder. Go right. up Kelly. No, ma'am. So when Miss Paula White got up there, she said... There are some people here that God has been tugging at your heart. And you've been through a lot of things um, growing up. You've been through a lot of things that you've done that you're ashamed of and embarrassed of. Know that God does not judge you. He will forgive you. You need to turn your life over before it's too late. Mm. And yes. hearing that it's too before it's too late. I don't know what it was about that, mm-hmm. but it struck a chord with me. Wow. And I wanted to do something before it was too late. Mm-hmm. And that's when I rededicated, or should I say dedicated fully my, my life to Christ. Now, I'm not perfect. I tell everybody, I still listen to trap music and pray and drink wine every now and then. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect, but I gave my life to Christ. Mm-hmm. And it was the best decision that I made. Amen. Um, because it just was, if to be honest with you, had I not at that moment gave, given my life to Christ, I don't know if I would even still be alive because I've been held at gunpoint by, by dudes I was dealing with. Um, he could have beat me to death. Mm-hmm. He could have done a whole bunch of things. Um, and I have peace. Yeah. I, I've, I've forgiven not the person that not only the person that molested me, not only the men that abused me, I forgave myself. Yes, 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 yes. That is the key. When you have gone through so much hurt, pain, shame, guilt, feeling like, well, if I, had de- if I hadn't have done this, if I hadn't have done that, um, if I hadn't said this or whatever, making... It like that if you hadn't done something uh, where that would appear to to other people provoke uh, the situation that it wouldn't have happened. But no, you have mm-hmm. to allow yourself to forgive yourself so that you can go forward. And 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 one of the other things that I heard was that you you had to let go. You had mm-hmm. to be like, you know what you made the choice to forgive those people. Now, some people that are abusers or molesters, they will deny that they did it. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and they'll keep, you know, go on about their life. Well, whereas the, the person that was abused holds on to that anger, that bitterness, that strife or whatever, as if that is something that is going to hurt that other individual. But now the person, they've gone on with their life. Now, it's not to say that they're not going to, you know, something's not going to come back on them for what they did, because God sees all of that. He saw all of that. But he Mm -hmm. also, God also saw 
the ending and where he wanted he wants you to be and so reintroducing yourself <laughs> into this into this world as a new creature and mm-hmm. and let me in court let me even impart this that people when you accept Jesus Christ as your lord and savior it does it doesn't mean that you are going to be perfect in all things exactly. it's a process it is definitely a process and so what i always say is that i am not perfect by no means but i strive towards perfection through Jesus Christ because he mm-hmm. is the only one that will be able to do that for you so uh, I need you to int- reintroduce yourself to the audience, and what are you doing today? Let me reintroduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> I am Janetta Sheree Bennett. I'll give you my full name. Um, and what I'm doing today is, as I stated earlier, I am the CEO, the owner of Amara Cosmetics. Um, yes. And with Amara, the, the brand itself, like I said, it stands for strength and prosperity. I wanted, I didn't just come up with the name of my brand so that it would sound cute mm-hmm. um, or that it was on trend with what's going on today. I prayed and I asked God, what should I name it to where it will touch people's lives? It will touch women's lives. They'll speak life into themselves. And I researched, I looked up a name, and it's actually Nigerian. I'm not Nigerian, but it's Nigerian, Amara. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it stands for Strength and Prosperity. Because when I came up with that name, when he showed me that and he led me to that name, I had no strength or prosperity at that time. So I was speaking it into existence. Okay. Um, so I am in the process of still learning myself as far as how... Christ sees me. Yeah. <laughs> That's who I am. Um, and I used to be ashamed to say that I am such and so, or because I didn't feel like I deserved to give myself any type of recognition or anything uh, because of everything I had been through and what I had done. Yeah. But once you realize that you are a child of God uh-huh. and that you've been made new, and that you were created in, in his image. Yes. You have every right to feel good about yourself, regardless of what anybody says or how anybody tries to bring up your past, your current, your current, or even your future. Mm-hmm. You deserve to love yourself. Amen. And that's who I am. All right, all right. <laughs> And so I also know that you are um, working on wanting to um, mentor young women. So what what does that look like for you um, as it pertains to using your experience to help them and where they are right now? Well, ironically, my cousin uh, has started a uh, mentorship here in Houston. It's called KIND. Um, for young women that are troubled teenage women. And she asked me to, you know, to be a mentor. And with the, I'm just brutally honest. Like, even with my daughter, I'm honest. Mm -hmm. Um, We have the type of relationship, and my mom, me and my mom are very close. Now, let me say that. 
Yeah. She applauds me for uh, where I've gone with my relationship with my daughter because it's breaking generational curses. Hey. So with young girls, I want to, in this mentorship, I want to try to deter them from the things uh-huh. that I did because of what I went through. I want them to, I want to be that ear or if I have to be that voice or advocate for them because they're too afraid to speak up and say what they're dealing with or what they have dealt with. I want to help them with their self-esteem. I want to help them with everything I went through, just like I'm helping my daughter. And ironically, my daughter, she and I do uh, lives together okay. um, where I get, I, I, I'm one of the, um, I'm on a, a parenting, I'm one of the amends for a parenting group on Facebook. So we'll go live like every other Saturday together. We'll pull some of the topics from the group and I give a parenting aspect of it and she gives how the teenagers really feel. Okay. <laughs> and it gets wrong. So okay. um, that's what I want to continue to do. I don't want no girl to be left behind. I don't want no girl to be ashamed or afraid. She got If, if she gets pregnant at 13, guess what? Okay, let's okay. talk about it. Why did she get pregnant at 13? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the root cause? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And you also want to um, be involved with, as far as your, um, as far as your makeup, um, getting involved with working with domestic violence shelters as well? Yes. Women? Okay. I want to go into the domestic violence shelters. I've already been talking to one out here in Clear Lake, okay. but with COVID and everything going on, that kind of had to pause. Yeah. But yeah. I wanted to go in and give them makeovers. Um, and while, while we're giving them makeovers, I want to be able to minister to their spirit. I want to help them with resumes because when I lived in Atlanta, I actually had my own resume right company. Okay. And I want to help them, you know, get clothes, shoes, things of that nature. I was doing something with Dress for Success. I was about to do something with them, but COVID. So yeah, yeah, COVID kind of messing up some. We call a Rona. <laughs> At right, my job, Rona. we call a Rona messing up some stuff here. It's you know, it, you can still do a whole lot, but it's but so much you can do on Zoom and and everything. You got to start to be able to connect with folks. Right. So, so Rona kind of like hindering some stuff, but nevertheless, we still got to move forward to the best of our ability. For real. Right. Yeah. Right. So, how can people get in contact with you? Um, through social media? Do you have a website or anything? Because there's, I'm pretty sure that there are some women that have listened to this that can relate to it, or they may know of someone that is going through domestic violence and, and they just like, I, I don't know what to do, how to help this person. How can they get in contact with you to get help? They can go through my personal page um, as well as my uh, company page. My personal page on Facebook is Johnetta Bennett. Okay. Uh, it's J-O-H-N-N-E-T-T-A and then Bennett, B-E-N-N-E-T-T. You can also reach me at Amara Cosmetics, uh, Facebook and Instagram. And that's I-M-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-E-T-I-C-Z. Okay. Um, 
my phone number is listed on there too. I'm not one of those people that I don't, you could call me. I don't care. Call me. You can text me. You can inbox me because I'm, I've been there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. And also, um, for my listening audience, there is a national domestic violence hotline that you can call that they will provide many, many resources for you. It is confidential. Um, if you are currently in a, a, an abusive relationship, please reach out to the domestic, the national domestic violence hotline. And that number is one 800 799-7233. Please, you do not have to stay in that type of environment. Mm-hmm. God has much, much more better things for you. And it starts with you just taking that first step. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. So as I always ask my uh, guest what is one inspiring word you can leave with this listening audience? What I can say is no matter what, forgive yourself. Mm. That is a way to free yourself from your past, from what has happened to you and what you have done. You will not be completely free from any of that until you forgive yourself. A lot of people say that you should forgive the other person, which is true, Mm -hmm. but you have to forgive yourself. And that's how you start self-love. Amen. That's, that's good word. Johnetta, it has been a pleasure and honor to have you on Wove Inspiration. I already knew that this was going to be off the chain. <laughs> and I just know that is going to make a major difference in a lot of people's lives. And I'm just blessed to have you on my show. Thank you so much. Thank you. I was honored to be on it. And this is Althea with Wove Inspirations. This is the midweek motivation. You guys, we are halfway there. Keep moving forward. God bless. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Wove Inspirations, the midweek motivation. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you did, why not subscribe and continue listening to some of my other shows on Spotify, Google Podcast, or Apple Podcast. Go ahead and leave a comment as well. If you are interested in being a guest on this show, please send me an email at woveinspiration at gmail.com. This is Althea, your host. I hope you guys have an awesome evening. You guys take care and God bless.